want to thank you tonight for not only being here, but also as a church. The way that you've undergirded and supported the ministry that the Lord has called me to amongst the Maasai in Kenya. Of all the churches that I've been associated with, uh, this church has done more not only in sending people, but in praying, but also in giving toward what God is doing in that place. And so I want to thank you uh, in behalf of this ministry. But I also have a message from some of the old men. As I was there and for the last two months, just got back this last Tuesday afternoon, having been there since about the 25th of July, and out in the bush, and as you know, as you've heard me before, the Maasai do not live in towns and cities. They live in the bush. But I was in the place two days before coming home in a place called Ungadonado. Blaine knows about this place. And many of the men there I have personally led to the Lord. And some of them as recently as two weeks before when I was there. And so they told me to tell you a message. And here is the message. Sopa Aling Masaini. And that simply means greetings from the depths of our heart from the Maasai in Kenya. And um, tonight, if I hesitate along the way, it's not because I'm stammering for words, but uh, I have a heavy heart for what God's done amongst these people and has given me the privilege for the last seven and a half years to go into that country and to work with them. It's interesting to know that on September the 20th, 1998, was my last Sunday in Chihuahua Hills in Knoxville. During that week, I don't know who it was, somebody called me and asked me if I'd come and supply on the 27th of September. I didn't know that it'd be a two-year and three-month supply, (laughs) but I was here. But during that period of time, even though we were already involved with the ministry there in, in Kenya amongst the Maasai, there have been many, many people. I was reflecting this morning when the question was asked, how many people have gone on a mission trip uh, with anyone out of any of the groups that have been here in this church? And so I went back and did some research, and there was 37 different people out of this one church that has gone at one time or another during those two years and three months uh, to Kenya. And uh, so what I want to do tonight is I just want to share some scripture with you. And then I want to illustrate that scripture as fresh as this past week. Not a year ago or six months ago or ten years ago, but I mean as fresh as it can possibly be. The word of God says in John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now there are not that many commandments that the Lord told us to keep. But the chief commandment, all of us know, to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Mark adds, and also with all of our strength. And then he says there's a second likened to it. And that's to love your neighbor as yourself. And so a part of loving our neighbor as ourself is being concerned and compassionate enough not only to share with those who live close to us, but also to go around the world and do it. Because one of the commands that Jesus gave us was the very last one that he gave upon the face of this earth. Just prior to the time that he ascended to go back to the Heavenly Father. And that is the theme for what we're doing this week, for, for us to go into all the world. Now there's three ways you can go. 
Well, you realize it's not. One of them is by prayer. You can pray for missionaries and for mission work around the world and never leave your room or your chair or your knees. And if there's anything, if any missionary that ever worth their salt has ever asked for, if it'll be the first thing they ask for is for prayer. Because if it's going to be done, folks, it's got to be first on our knees before it'll ever be done on our feet. And the second thing is that we can give. And sometimes we can get them out of our resources. Sometimes it's giving out of our time. And, of course, we know what that is. And that's what the offerings are for and things of this nature. But the third thing is to go ourselves. I never dreamed, and I'm a dreamer. In all of my life, I never dreamed that God would have me doing what I'm doing now in what is called retirement. My next birthday, I'll be 68 years old. And... uh But the greatest years that I've had has been the days that I've been involved with this ministry and what God is doing. And so I want to share with you some things tonight that God is doing fresh. Um, Some four plus years ago in a church here in this very, I think, association, there was a prayer group. I forgot about 19 or 20. I picked up another one tonight. Thank you, Jesus. 20 prayer coordinators. And out of that, there are anywhere from two, three, or four, and sometimes as many as 20 people that are a part of those prayer groups. And they are in the process of praying for us and for many other things too, but as a part of that, they're praying for us. And we were, <clears throat> we were in a church, in French, French Broad Valley Baptist Church, up here, and most of you know where that is. I'm going to pick on Ann Harold because she was one of the ones that was there in that meeting. And there were some other ladies. Some are from this very county. And while they asked if I would come, since I knew they were praying for us, and Sandra Roach at that time and Ann were both our, were members in our church in Knoxville. And so uh, I went there at their invitation to share with them some of the things that God was doing. And while I was there, there was a lady by the name of Charlene Case who lives here in this town. And also another lady by the name of Pat Hodge that were there, and they were part of this prayer group. And for the first time in all of my life, I never heard it before prayed. And since then, there have been books and everything else written on it. But the prayer of Jabez, I'd never heard it as a, as a book or anything. But I never will forget this lady, Charlene, who lives here in this town, laid her hands upon me and prayed over me the prayer of Jabez. And when she got through, another lady who, by the name of Pat Hodge, she said, well, I've had a vision or a dream, Brother John, and I, I, I'd like to share it with you. Well, when people do that... Uh, being a typical orthodox whatever I am, uh, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. But anyway, I, I wondered about this, you know, and I said, okay, can you share with us what this vision or this dream is? And uh, she said these words. Uh, she said, I, 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 I saw you standing. And uh, said you were standing and you were looking over a field. It was like a prairie grass or it was like a... Uh, uh, sage grass. Uh, it was just a massive field as far as you could see. And the wind was blowing and it was waving, maybe like wheat would be out in Kansas or somewhere. And then she said, you were looking up into heaven and then all of a sudden a ball of fire came and landed at your feet and began to spread. In a matter of moments, the whole place was ablaze as far as you could see. And I said, well, could you tell me how you interpret this and what do you think? She said, well, first of all, you standing there representing Calvary Road Ministries. The ball of fire is the Holy Spirit of God. 
and the weeds and the grass and the, and the, and the wheat or whatever it is, uh, that is the Maasai people. And that fire, which is the Holy Spirit of God, is coming and spreading across this whole land as far as you can see. Now, that was four-plus years ago. Last September, the Baptist mission team there in Kenya asked if we as Calvary Road Ministries would take over a whole region. There was a missionary there uh, and lived there until two years prior to that, but because of an accident, could not go back and would not, could not go back, and they weren't going to replace. And so they asked if we would take over as a missionary that's responsible for a 250-square-mile area. Now, this is in the heart of Perko Maasai. There are some 11, nine, some say 11 sub-tribes of Maasai. There's about a million six hundred plus thousand Maasai in northern Tanzania and southern Kenya. About 700,000, maybe a few less, maybe 600,000 of those live in Kenya. The largest group of Maasai in Kenya are in the Perko tribe. And so there could be as many as a hundred thousand of them. And they do not live in towns. They live in, they live out in the bush. You go from Boma to Boma, which is a household. And so we were there. I was there in September and I was making agreements uh, with the man that owned the house that the previous missionary had, uh, was living in. And we were in the process of trying to rent it. And so we went in, saw everything, said, yes, it's fine. Uh, we'll take it. And for whatever reason, I went outside while they were still inside talking and went out and looked over the fence. And I looked over the fence. And as far as I could see was wheat. As far as I could see with acacia trees standing in the wheat. And the Spirit of God, have you ever had the hair to grow up on the back of your neck and like a, like a cat's fur? I mean, the Spirit of God just came upon me. And he said, this is that that was shared with you almost four years ago. And you're going to see it come to pass. Well, on that very same trip in October of this last year, I was there. And as, as God seems to have always moved me in ways and through what I call rhema, which is the word of God spoken to the heart of an individual. And... Uh, Two words for, rain, for the Word of God in, in, the, in the Scriptures. One's Logos, which means the entire Word of God. And then there is the Rhema, which is the quickened Word of God in the heart of the believer. If you've ever had a decision to make and you were searching what God wanted you to do and you were in the Word and that Word jumped off the page, and that, that's Rhema. And so as I was thinking about all of this, the Lord gave me Isaiah 55, 5. And it says, surely you will go to a nation that does not know you. And nations that you do not know will run to you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And I have glorified you. I'd been going to the nation. And that word nation doesn't mean nations like Kenya or Tanzania or whatever it is. It, it has to do with people groups. And so, therefore, I'd been going for some time to a nation that I'd never even heard of before. But now God has placed us here. And what God is doing is something that is only can be explained through the Holy Spirit in the heart of an individual. Words cannot communicate what I'm about to share with what's going on in that place. 
we just finished in Feb from February until right now this week. Blaine will be going the 20th of October and staying until December the 7th. I'll be going back in January and staying until I don't know when. And so we're not even through this year, but since February of this year, 2005, we had, we've had over 1,300 and some odd in my side pray to receive Christ. These are all adults. We don't count children and young people because they don't count them, even though they can be saved, but that they're not a part of what we do. And of that group of three, 1,300 and something, over 400 of them are old men. Now, young, young missionaries can't lead old men to the Lord because they won't listen to them. You have to be of their age set. Well, bless God, it, it's an advantage in Kenya to be old. <laughs> over here, they put us in the nursing homes. Over there, they revere you. <laughs> but it's amazing. And so because I'm of their age set, I can ask them anything, and they will share with me, and they will listen. And I'm just going to tell you just a few stories. And one of the groups that was from Severe Heights was with us just a few weeks ago. And uh, one of the staff members by the name of Carl Smith was out with there with us. And he was out and sharing in a boma. And there were several younger men and there were several women that were there. And it's in Suswa Valley, incidentally, Blaine. And while we were there, there was an old man sitting there too. Well, I wasn't there. I was off in another boma uh, sharing with an old man who prayed to receive Christ. And so he was going through. And what we use is the story cloth. It's what we use. And so, and through the story cloth, he was going through it, and everybody in that group prayed to receive Christ but the old man. Because Carl Smith is like 30-some years of age. And the old man, when he got to the point of the invitation, he got up and walked back to his boma. And so when I drove up five minutes or so, maybe ten later, he said, you know, I said, how did it go? He said, everybody prayed except the old man. He went down to his boma, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't respond. And so I took my translator with me, and I said, let's go down and see the old man. And so I went down, and I asked him a few questions. I said, uh, did you understand the story, Paul? He said, yes, sir. I said, did you understand, you know, the creation story and Adam and Eve and all the sacrificial system and everything else? And went all the way through. He said, yes, I understand. Do you understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes, I understand. Do you know that he died for your sins? Yes, I understand that. And then I asked him, I said, are you ready now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, with you, I am ready now. And so he prayed to receive Christ right there on the spot. But it's a cultural thing. And I didn't have to go through the story. It had already been done. And so this goes on a, a lots of places. And we were in another place, in a place called Rodian, which is north of a place where we've got our house, about old oh, 50 or 60 clicks. And uh, it's off out in the bush. And so we were there. They were having what's called market day. And market day in these little bitty communities is like a Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday. And everybody comes together and they bring all their goods and they have cows and goats and sheep, which is what the Maasai do. And they trade and sell and do all this. And then they barter back and forth and they buy goods and whatever it is that they need, whether it's sugar or whatever it is, they buy it all right there and they swap and trade around. And it's a big thing. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people gather. And so we're going into this place and never been there before. And had this guy with me that was a translator who knew some people in that area. And so we got in and so we ended up with two, two men coming to, uh, the car, to the vehicle and we put this story cloth on the side of the vehicle and uh, then we start sharing it and people gather and we just go through the stories and before you get through, you, you know, you pray to receive Christ and they just receive Christ. 
Well, we went through it, and I think there were two old men, and there were about six or seven Sayudis, and there was about four or five young men. And so we got through, and they all prayed to receive Christ. And so we were getting ready to leave, and here come some other old men. Now, they've been down in the market swapping cows and doing everything else. They come up, and one of the old men said, you need to hear this story. And uh, the one other one said, well, he's getting ready to leave. And I didn't know all this. And so the, the translator said, I said, we're not going anywhere. If these guys want to hear it, we'll tell the story over again. Well, when the dust cleared on that day, when we finished sharing just twice, there were 31 old men that prayed to receive Christ in that one spot. In the one spot. And give every one of them a story cloth and say, I want you to go back to Yaboma and share what you've heard today. And then one of the things that we're doing is that we're going back and we're finding leaders and we're, we're learning some things as we go along. And these leaders hopefully will be old men that will learn the stories and we'll go back and back and back until they know the stories so that they can train and teach each other those stories. And so this thing is just, just moving like this. And then there's some bad stuff going on. I need for you to be in prayer for November the 21st. This is the time when the new constitution is going to be voted on by Kenya. And whichever way it goes, it's going to be nasty and ugly. And there are going to be riots and there's going to be all kinds of things that's going on. And so I've already told Blaine, but whatever you do, you're not to go anywhere around Nairobi for three or four days before that thing and maybe a week after that because it'll, it'll, it'll be disastrous. I mean, it's going to be bad. Unless some way, somehow, God can enter in. But there's so much. The parliament... Uh, the members of parliament are split down the middle. They're almost equal in terms of forward and against it. And so there's all kinds of things that are happening there. So if, if God will prompt you to, to please remember the people uh, during that time because there could be some de- terrible, terrible things happening. And not only rioting, but murders and killings and everything that you could imagine. But anyway, we were... <clears throat> a lot of things are going on now that's uh, really hurtful because I've been there for so long now. And... Uh, as I was going back to this one place where we had been before, uh, I found out that six of the old men that had prayed to receive Christ last year had died. Now that's good in not the sense that they died, but they died in Jesus. But what tore me up was how many are there that never even heard the name of Jesus? We're in areas now which we've even asked the question, do you know and have you ever heard of Jesus? And one old man said, yes, I believe I have. Does he live in Nairobi? They just, they don't know. They can't read, they can't write, they can't do anything that we would call literacy. But yet at the same time, they're so open because they parallel the Old Testament in terms of their lifestyle and everything that they do. They live in mud huts just like they did a thousand years ago. They live the same way today. And everywhere we're going, we're seeing that. And then we had the tragic situation of going to a Boma in which there was an old man there that we had tried to go to a month before, but he wasn't there. And we went back to that Boma and we went to see him. And as we drove up into the place where the Boma was, a young man came out. And he came running to the vehicle. And he said, uh, you cannot come in, said uh, the old Ngusi died yesterday. And uh, they're making arrangements for his burial. And then I went away and that night all night long. And my heart kept coming up one day too late. Just one day too late. If I'd been there two days before, 
the man might be in heaven tonight instead of having never received Christ as his Lord and Savior. And as we've gone into these places, these old men are begging us to come back. And as we were in this one place in which some of the volunteer groups were over here sharing Christ with the group, and they said, there's an old man that lives over here. Can you go over there? So we got in a vehicle and I went over there. And this old man had apparently been to some kind of an eye clinic. And he had glasses that thick he could not see. So I couldn't use the story cloth. He couldn't even read. Couldn't see it. And he was probably in his 80s and old and goosey. And there was a Sayuti with him. That's a younger age set. And so when we got through sharing the story without the pictures, the man prayed to receive Christ. And then when I got through... He said these words. If you had not come to my Boma today, I would have died without eternal life. And then he said, we old men are not afraid of anything. All of us have killed lions with nothing but spears and a shield. All of us have warred and we've killed Kukuyu and Lakumba and others. And said, we're not afraid of any mortal man. But there is one thing that we're afraid of. And I said, what is that? And he says, death. Because we believe in the same God that you've been talking about, the Enkai creator God of the universe. But we have never known and never heard the story that he had a son who died for our sins. And he says, today, I will no longer fear death. For I have eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. He'd been a Christian maybe five minutes. And then he said, go throughout the valley. Go everywhere and tell the old men. Because they're dying every day without Jesus Christ. He says, go and tell them the same story that you've told me. He said, every old man in Maasai land is afraid to die. Because they think that when they die, they lose their families. They lose their boma. They lose all their cows and their goats and the sheep. And that's the end. I never knew that one could have eternal life. And folks, this is what you're a part of. As you pray, as some of you go and have gone, and as you send me to go, everywhere we go. I don't know of any place, and I'm sure there are many places, but I don't know of any place that I know about that I've ever been, and I've been in a lot of places, that any given day of the week I can go out of my house and go one or two kilometers away and see people come to Jesus Christ every single day just telling the story and sharing how to receive Christ and they'll say am I really free and I say yes you're free never again will you have to offer a sacrifice Never again will you have to go to the Olalibon, the witch doctor, and pay all this stuff with talismans and everything else in order to be able to have the curses removed from you because they're not working anyway, are they? And they always say, no, they don't. But I said, now you have the one who has paid the price to set you free. Set you free from sin. Set you free from the curse of sin and the penalty of sin. And also has given you eternal life. So rejoice in it and begin to share the good news folks (laughs) 
over and over again. This last trip, we saw 345 people pray to receive Christ. And every one of them are adults. And out of that group, close to 100 of them were old men. And if you get an old man that's 75 or 80 or 85 years of age, he may have influence over 300 people, that one old man. Because, see, if he's the oldest in his family, all of his younger brothers, even though they may have married and have several wives and have many, many children, he's still the man. He's the head of his, he's the head of his bowman. He's the head of that whole group. And they will listen to him. And when these old men, like you see on the film back there, Napatao was one of the oldest that I've led to the Lord up until that time. He's 84 years of age at that particular time. And that's been four years ago. And he's getting old and he's sickly and he's sending word to me to come back. Come back and see me. Come back and see me and tell me more. And folks are waiting. And so, you know, in most mission conferences, we're appealing to young people to surrender to missions. Well, I, what I appeal is to older people. Because you see... The greatest retirement plan there is on the face of the earth is God's retirement plan. He never expected us to get out and get a social security check and sit back and do nothing. But that's when we've got the freedom to do a lot of things if we have any kind of health at all. We can go to a place like this where these old men will listen and pay attention and receive Christ as fast as you can share Jesus Christ with them. Because many, many missionaries have prayed the price for what God is doing now. And we're sort of riding the crest of the wave of what God is doing. And I can truly see, and as I watch, and in my night, night dreams at night, I dream of these people. I can hear the songs, and I can feel the beat. And I caught myself this morning in one of the faster songs <laughs> doing this. Some might say, you dancing in the spirit. I guess I am. It's Maasai style, but that's what they do, you know. And I can hear them. And then I hear these old men say, Why have you waited so long? Why haven't we heard this story before? Please come and bring others with you that can tell us about the Son of God. Let us pray. Father, We've preached it for years and years and years that time is short. It's drawing nigh. One day soon, it's all going to be over and your son's going to return. But Father, until that day comes, we need to be busy not only around the world, but we need to be busy right here in Pigeon Forge and wherever we live. We need to be praying for one another, but for our neighbors that are lost and without Jesus. That their whole concept is seeming like whoever has the most toys when they die, win. And they get more and more of the stuff of the world. And there's more and more and less satisfaction in their heart. Oh God, put a burning passion in our hearts for those that are without Jesus. Those here as well as over there. And oh God, I want to thank you tonight. That within all the people that you could have called, you could have chosen thousands upon thousands of people to do what I'm doing. Because of your love for me, you chose me. And truly, I'm seeing the word that you gave me some years ago come to pass. As it's recorded in Job 42, 12. That the latter days of Job were blessed more than his former. In Jesus' name. Amen.